Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. Welcome back. Crack your beers, Blackburn. Crack them open. Crack them wide. The Dayton Flyers are one to know. This is your Rapid Reaction podcast for the evening of November 9th. Dayton, a winner against UIC 64 to 54 in the friendly confines of UD Arena on Edwin C. Moses Boulevard. You are listening to our first rapid reaction of the season that was put together, dare I say, haphazardly, Blackburn. Well, it certainly sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, this is not our best audio quality <laughs> of the season, but we we press on. Uh, I'm not in my home office. Um, you know, I'm recording through headphones. Uh, Blackburn, I guess, is you're just speaking into your computer. But press on, we must. We must give you a rapid reaction. The Dayton Flyers, again, are a winner 64-54 against the UIC Flames in Dayton, Ohio. And we can just jump right into it for your listening pleasure. Blackburn in the first half was a goddamn mess. It was, uh, it was an Anthony Grant special. You know, you get out in the lead. You look comfortable. You look like the game is in control. And then UIC goes on a 19-2 run. And uh, you go into halftime down seven. I mean, that's it, we, we've seen with this. timeouts. Well, you, you go into halftime down seven, and you have plenty of timeouts to take with you into the locker room. It's it's like a recipe every year. I mean, this is this is nothing new, nothing uh, nothing nothing uh, surprising, and uh, it's going to be like it's just this is what it is. You know, we we talked about this for years now. This is what it is. You know what I mean? I mean, it is what it is. I, I mean, I I swear to God, I saw the spread today. I saw. Uh, UIC getting 14 and a half and I kind of play the game out in my head. I'm thinking, all right, Dayton's going to jump out to the lead in the first 10, 15 minutes. UIC will, will regain a lead by the second half. And then Dayton will, will do just enough in the second half to make it look respectable. And that's literally what happened. That's exactly what happened to, to a T um, you could have predicted it. I would like to say before the game, I was particularly maybe, a little too bullish on the Flyers. Um, I thought they were going to get scoring from multiple avenues, and um, they did, just not as much as I had initially thought. I thought Dayton was going to come out, uh, come away with three double-digit scorers, and what they did come away with is three guys that had eight, nine, and nine. I'm talking about Holmes, Blakeney, and Weaver, and then Kobe Elvis with 10, and Kamara led the scoring for Dayton with 15. Um, you know, first things first, um, you, you said it, and I and I want to preface this correctly for for listeners because I don't really want to spend too much more time for the rest of the season belaboring this point. You know, Anthony Grant has obviously forgotten more about basketball than either of us will ever know. I think that's understood. So that's what is even more confusing about his absolute resistance to call timeouts when the other team is on a god's honest run and. They were UIC in the first half put together an 11-0 run. It capped off a larger 19-2 run, and AG just didn't call a timeout. Again, we've talked about this for years, and it's just so dumbfounding because I think we've gone out of our way to give him so much credit for so many things that he's gotten right. Um, And in games, he makes a lot of great adjustments. He comes out of timeouts 
a lot of times and calls up plays that result in buckets. Tonight was no exception. So it just makes no sense to, I think, anybody watching how this one very obvious aspect of the game goes overlooked by Anthony Grant. And I, I am just getting to the point where I don't really think there's an explanation for it. Um, I don't think that any member of the media is going to honestly ask him that question or get an, an honest answer from him on this particular topic. But it just is so puzzling that a guy with such a great basketball mind can overlook this one very particular aspect of the game time and time again. And for listeners out there that, that might want this kind of context in the NBA, that is typically something that you do. You let the teams kind of figure it out. You let them plug away and get a bucket, stop the bleeding. Um, but we're not in the NBA. That goes without saying they're 18 to 20 year old dudes, especially this team, young guys. Um, and you know, Anthony Grant, just, just, it's just frustrating, man. I don't, I don't know. Is there anything more to add to that than it's just really frustrating and confusing? No, I mean, it's clear at this point, it's just his philosophy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, like you, like you mentioned, this is a coaching one-on-one move, right? You, the other team's getting a lot of momentum. They go on a run. You call that timeout just to stop the bleeding and give everybody a breath, uh, break up kind of the run and kind of restart everything. But it's it's clear that Grant doesn't believe in that. Maybe he's got nothing to say to the guys. I don't know. But it's clear he's been consistent as far as that's concerned. Um, like no coach I've ever seen. It, it, I, I don't I don't understand it. But it's obviously it's something he he doesn't believe in. So let the chips fall where they may. I guess. You can certainly say that he's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely right. He's definitely very consistent in that regard. Um, I mean, it would have been weird. It would have been weird if you started doing it tonight. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, called four four nothing run. He's calling a timeout and lambasting everybody. That would have been a little odd. um, You know, I take. You know, let's let's start with the first half a little bit here. Um, I said it on Twitter. You know, it was was good to see Dayton Twitter kind of kind of back at it tonight. Um, The DMs were full. A little rusty. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Everybody had to work their way back into it in their own way. Um, but everybody was a little bit rusty and, um, myself included, to be honest with you. But, uh, the first half was just a mess. Um, AG after the game, they did a quick interview with him on spectrum sports. If you were at the game, you probably didn't catch this one. Cause it was, you know, while you were walking out the door, um, and AG did say something that, that was really spot on. He said their lack of offense started to bleed into the defensive side of the ball, basically saying that the guys got so frustrated with how things were going on the offensive end that they kind of let it affect the things that they were doing defensively. And that really was exactly indicative of what I saw. Um, It looked like Dayton, uh, pretty much the whole lineup, I'm not singling anybody out. It just didn't look like anybody really knew what they needed to do on defense, what they needed to accomplish and where they needed to be. Um, We said it after the exhibition that uh, Dayton, gave up a lot of open threes in the exhibition. And then that happened again against UIC. UIC is not a D2 team. They started knocking down some threes. And then all of a sudden you find yourself down at the half. Um, To Dayton's credit, you know, they made some adjustments in the second half. And like you said, it kind of turned out the way we thought it was going to. Um, But was there anything specific that like surprised you in that first half? Because I walked away from it being like, man, that that was a goddamn mess. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, there's going to be, there's going to be obvious growing pains. Um, it's the second, as they repeated constantly tonight, it's the second youngest team in D1 hoops. 
um, that comes with its own kind of, you know, uh, mousetraps. I mean, the guys at the, basically we're not gonna know what this team looks like till, till conference play. I mean, I know, I feel like we said that the past two years, but it's definitely true. Now Grant's got to figure out the rotation. He's got to figure out, uh, you know, the guys he wants in there at crunch time. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's not a good, it's not a half court team. You know what I mean? They have all this. I don't think so either. They have all this depth and they refuse to kind of push the ball. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if they got many transition points. I know Holmes missed that dunk, which, which I was like, Oh, come on, man. That pissed me off. I don't know why. (laughs) Dayton had 10 fast break points for the game. uh, Just for, for reference. Yeah. I mean, you want to have that around 20, you know what I mean? If you're a, but again, if you're scoring, what do they score it tonight? Uh, 64. 64. And, you know, they, they squeezed out probably six from the, from the line at the end there. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be the same kind of offensive philosophy where it's slow ball. Um, it, it was weird to see them kind of dump the ball into a low post a few times tonight and let um, Kamara kind of go one-on-one. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be one of those seasons, I think, again, when, when they're not hitting the outside shot, it's going to be hard for points to be, you know, to come by points. It's just going to be like it was last year. And to break down the stats a little bit for everybody, Dayton finished the game with 44 points in the paint. Um, so, you know, when you're looking at the rest of the stats, Dayton put together 14 points from free throws. So you can start doing some math there. They had two shots from outside that they made the entire night. Flyers were two for 14 from three. Yikes. They had 14 points from the line and 44 points down low. So, for me, that begs the question, why wasn't that the game plan from the outset? If you know that's your bread and butter, if you know that you're lanky, you're tall, and you have all this length up and down the lineup, it, it just behooves you to get the ball down low consistently, find ways to get it into the paint, go inside, outside. And really, I just thought Dayton dicked around way too much on the perimeter. And, and they you know, they do that thing where they're, they're passing around the perimeter from left to right and back and forth. And the, the sauce was really clear tonight. Get the ball in down low, be physical, draw fouls, get to the line. And to that same point, Dayton started the night two for eight from the free throw line. Rest of the game, they went 12 for 15. So there was a switch that flipped on, you know, from the free throw line for Dayton, which was great to see because the, the struggles in the first half were, like I said, defensively and then from the free throw line. And, and I, you know, that's sometimes that's uh, jitters, you know, it's night one kind of stuff. A lot of people in the building. Um, but when you're scoring 44 of 64 from, uh, from down low, I mean, that tells me everything that I need to see. This is probably not going to be a great shooting team night in, night out. There will certainly be anomalies that pop up in that regard, but by and large, Dayton's going to have to do it like they did tonight. And that brings me to my second point and pretty much the largest storyline that I saw throughout the game. It took the Flyers about an entire basketball half to realize that Tamani Kamara was the best player on the floor for either team. Why it took them 20, 25 minutes to figure that out, I just don't know. Because we've already said this in the preseason, most nights that's going to be the case. So you need to have him lead the charge and then get those secondary contributions from the rest of the lineup. And I... I hate to be simplistic or use this expression, but it did kind of feel like in the first half they were getting a little bit too cute. And then when the offense didn't work out, they were late in the shot clock. You got some bad looks from downtown, right? Yeah. And I mean, that that's just, you know, the, the interesting about Kamara is that, you know, I watched him a bunch at Georgia 
And he's just, he's not a very aggressive, aggressive guy in the offensive end. He's really not that guy. He's not selfish. He's not looking for his shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Dayton team with all, all, all the young guys they have, they might need him to take more of a leadership role offensively because the buckets there were, were few and far to, to come by at, at certain stretches. And he was a guy, at least you can calm down the offense, throw it, throw it down to him on the, on the block. And I, I think he scored pretty much every time he had the ball down low. I mean, he didn't do any, anything. It wasn't like Hakeem dream shakes down there. He just, you know, put a body on the guy, put a little baby hook over him and got a bucket. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I don't think that's necessarily his personality, Kamara, to be like the assertive, aggressive, offensive guy. But like you said, for this team, he he, he might have to just, you know, assimilate into that role as the year goes on. And a great line for Kamara tonight. He finished with 15 points on seven for 10 shooting from the field and uh, polished that off with 10 rebounds on 30 minutes of play. So, you know, no surprise there. I mean, he's our best player. We said it last week when I was on the, the show with Brooks Hall. Um, Tawani Kamara is our best player. It is what it is. Um, falling into things that surprised me tonight, um, before I get to mine, what surprised you the most about tonight? Uh, maybe it was personnel-wise or, or what you saw on the floor. Uh, it was my first. I didn't see the exhibition game, so it was my first chance well, to see I didn't, Neither did I. It wasn't even televised. Oh, it was not. Okay. Well, then no one saw yeah. it. But uh, well, yeah, except no, for the, <laughs> I guess except for the people who actually went, you know what I mean. Uh, just reading the local so, yokels that went to that exhibition. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know it's amazing that UD sold out the entire season ticket package. You got to figure thousands of UD fans die in the off season, and yet they're able to re- <laughs> to regroup and find buyers. Year in, year out. <laughs> I'm talking thousands of people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all with all with lower bowl tickets. All of them. Yeah, every year, ninety percent of it turns over the lower bowl. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Deron Holmes. I thought he was going to be. He, I guess, he was what I kind of figured he would be. He, he seems like a project. He's a kid who needs to put on muscle, obviously. Um, and yeah, he hasn't really got. It doesn't look like he has. He's he's comfortable with his body yet. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, he had that that uh, like Bambi on ice type of yeah, look about exactly. Him. He's a little bit uh, unsure of himself physically. He didn't really move that well, but again, that's a very exciting a prospect for the future. I mean, the guy's six ten. Uh, it's clear he knows how to play the game, and, and once he gets you know his body and uh, in line with with D one basketball as far as putting on some weight, I think he's going to be a solid player. Um, I was really impressed with Kobe Elvis. Elvis, to tell you the truth. He was very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he was penetrating, breaking the defenses down. He was the one guy that kind of stood out to me tonight. I was kind of uh, surprised to see how, how comfortable he looked out there. Yeah, I had a lot of people that asked me during the week, you know, what, what's the starting lineup going to look like? And um, the more I talked to people this past week, um, it became pretty clear to me that the starting lineup that you saw in the exhibition was what – Grant and company thought was their best five to roll out. And, you know, I was vindicated tonight because that's exactly what they did. Same starting five um, that, you know, that came out to start the game. I'm talking about Elvis, Blakeney, Holmes, Brea, and Kamara. Um, That wasn't really a surprise to me, you know, because people are like, well, what about Weaver? Well, you know, the story with Weaver right now is that the coaching staff wants him to come off the bench, provide that spark and be like a V Sanford type of role for that elite eight team. Right. And look what happened. That's exactly what happened with Elijah Weaver. He came off the bench, gave the Flyers 
Um, he gave the Flyers some really good minutes. He played 24 minutes in total. Uh, he turned the ball over zero times, which, again, that was what we were kind of worried about. Is he going to turn the ball over? No turnovers. On that 24 minutes, he was plus 11, uh, which really stood out to me. Three for seven from the floor, but again, he had eight points, and six of those came in really crucial spots when Dayton was making a run in the second half. So I do hope, and this is going to be a storyline all year, that Weaver kind of realizes that his role is more important than the stat lines. And I've gotten a feeling early on in the season here that he wants to be the man, he wants to be the next Jalen Crutcher. And unfortunately or fortunately, that's not the role that he's going to play on this team for everybody to be the most effective. And you said it, the reason being is because Kobe Elvis, is a, he's a dude. He can play. Um, and the coaching staff clearly has a lot of confidence in him. He went 36 minutes tonight, turned the ball over three times, but added seven rebounds, six on the defensive end, and he finished with 10 points, missed a couple of layups close. You know, that'll come. I think that's some first-game jitters. Um, but I will tell you, the thing that stood out to me, the most surprising thing to me tonight, um, was the lack of Mustafa Amzil. I mean – he was glued to the pine for most of the first half. Started to see him a little bit more in the second. But Amzel played 18 minutes. He was plus nine on the night. He uh, chipped in six rebounds and five points. Um, with the offensive ineptitude that we saw in the first, let's say, 25 minutes, you just can't tell me that he couldn't have helped that lineup get some points. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. But that's definitely the most surprising storyline for me, at least coming out of game one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned that. I was kind of focusing in on him when he was on the floor, and he just looked kind of lost out there. He was kind of playing on the wings yeah. extended, not really involved in the offense at all. Um, you know, it, it appears he he knows his bread is not buttered down low, so he's going to camp out around the three and, and get some shots up, but they, they just weren't there tonight. Um, I, I know he took one crazy three at the end of a shot clock, but um, yeah, he was a guy that remember this time last year we were raving about and all the promise he had. And now it seems like he's kind of down the, the depth chart a little bit. And yeah, he's going to be interesting going forward. Cause I don't know how he really fits into this team right now. He looks kind of like a man lost out there. And it's unfortunate because he's one of the guys that actually has experience. Yeah. And I, I you hate to read too much into it, uh, but again, his first two games, yeah, I'm doing it, man. The first two games, the exhibition in this game, we just haven't seen that much of Amzil. If if I had to put a reason behind it, uh, I think that Amzil's really good one-on-one. I think he's a good iso ball player. He can probably get buckets in that that space or you know playing that role. But like I said, I mean, that's not what this team is going to be about. And that's not really what any Anthony Grant team is going to be about. And I think they kind of let him stir the drink last year a little bit one-on-one and going with iso ball because we didn't really have a whole lot of options. Um, there just wasn't a lot of guys scoring last year, and we didn't even really have more than, what, seven guys that were coming in the game consistently. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see how that kind of develops tonight because I was just shocked that they had such little faith in Amzil's ability uh, to generate offense that he was kind of glued to the pine there. 
Well, it, it's you know if you have Holmes and Kamara out there, it's hard to it's hard to plug him in at the three. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems like he's not involved, and those guys are kind of the focus. But you know, it, Sully, believe it or not, this is only the first game. A lot of shit's going to change. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially this kind of team where it's so young. Uh, it, this could be a lot of, it's going to be a roller coaster again. Um, Dayton's going to lose some games that probably shouldn't. Maybe they'll win a couple games they probably shouldn't. Um, but yeah, if they have a night like tonight shooting the ball, which I think is going to be a common uh, common, uh, common occurrence this year, two for 14, I think, from, from behind the arc. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very hard for them to, to keep up with other teams, even even teams on, on the, the same landscape as UIC. So it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be an interesting year because I don't know where a lot of the offense is gonna come from as of right now. It, it, things could change obviously week by week, but right now, offensively, this team looks kind of stagnant. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but the offense kind of like looked like last year. It looked like they kind of picked back up where they left off last year, which is definitely concerning because there's all new personnel. Um, so I, I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, Defensively, I think they did tighten up a little bit more uh, in the second half. And AG said as much. Um, he said, you know, from the 12-minute mark of the second half to the four-minute mark, Dayton got out in transition a little bit more. They pushed the pace a little bit more. They were able to effectively get the ball into the post. And then because things were rolling a little bit on the offensive end, it kind of translated to defense. And, and you know what, to be honest, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens with young teams. They need a little bit of a galvanizing force to get it together on one end of the floor or the other. Uh, they need a little bit of a spark to get going. And I didn't think tonight was any different. You know, when things weren't going their way, they looked really bad. And then when things were going their way and the crowd was behind them, you're like, okay, you know, here's the team that we thought we were going to see tonight that probably could have won by 20. Um, it didn't end up happening. And, you know, like you said, I don't think that anything from night one is overly concerning, but there's definitely things that are surprising. I don't think anyone's really shocked by the Flyers' inability to shoot the ball, like you said, going two for 14 from three-point land. Uh, the Amsdale thing was surprising. Sissoko barely getting off the bench was not surprising. Lynn Greer getting no minutes, a little bit surprising. Um, and, you know, I, I hate to say it, but Mally Smith, I thought that he kind of was going to earn some more minutes in a game like tonight. Uh, he came in, gave him a little bit of a spark, and Brooks Hall last week said he was a strictly downhill guy. Yeah. And uh, you saw it, man. Yeah, like He gets sure. the ball, and he's like, I am going to the rim right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got that, that street ball mentality where it's like, you're pushing the pace and pushing the ball every time. And look, there are there are times where you need that. But yeah, I'm not sure if you need that on every possession, you know. And I, I'm sure that's something that the staff has recognized that you know this is obviously an asset for Smith, but it's also it could be a detriment when you start getting into you know playing against decent competition. Yeah, the the great thing for tonight, um, you know, if you want to talk about some some positives, uh, Dayton now rebounded. UIC 41-27. Um, that's great to see. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have good. a whole lot of those games last year, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, the size of Dayton's going to translate to probably being stronger on the boards most nights, right? Um, UIC, uh, down the stretch, they were really shut down on, on defense. Uh, you know, Dayton's defense shut them down, I, I mean, um, you know, which was, which was great to see. And the, um, I think what was most encouraging for me – was that in the second half, they you know they got punched, 
They went into the locker room down, and, and then they counterpunched. Then they got behind the building, uh, just like you know every Dayton team of the last fifty years. You know, you kind of use the building it, it, to just be that galvanizing force, right? To to kind of stir things up. And sure enough, uh, that was how Dayton pulled out to what I guess it was like a nineteen zero run in the second half. Was that about yeah? It? Right? I think that that's correct. Yeah. Something close to that. Yeah, I was like paying that. attention, you know. That's, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You got to write that good, stuff man. down. You know, that's what I do. I know. I, I jot little <laughs> notes. I'm like, I'll use that. Um, I did like uh, you. You had one tweet towards the end of the game there um, that when, when Holmes had that dunk uh, or <laughs> he didn't have the dunk, you were like, "Can he jump?" And I was like, "I don't think so." He kind of jumps like a big man. Like I. I don't think anybody was expecting Obi Toppin, but he was kind of like right under the rim and the rim just sent him right back. Well, he, he made a nice move in the second half where he went around a guy and he kind of had, yeah, if it was Obi, he would have, he would have dunked it home. But for him, it was just like a nice soft layup. And I was like, huh? Okay. All right. All right. It's going to be that kind of, that kind of season. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think we're starting to see um, all a lot of the things that we talked about over the preseason come to fruition. Main thing being uh, this team really needs four games to get right. They, they really need four games to figure out who they are and like form an identity because I, tonight's identity was get the ball in the paint. Let Kamara be your best player. Don't turn the ball over and make it harder on yourself. And that was what they did in the first half. You know, they, there were some sloppy passes. Like we talked about, the offense wasn't getting going, so it translated into defense. Um, but I was happy to see how they rebounded because, just like AG said after the game, young teams have a tendency to get down on themselves. And uh, sometimes you need halftime to regroup, figure out what you want to do, um, and, you know, where things are going wrong. But overall, um, I'm not going to read too much into this one. Neither should you, listener. But um, I don't know. You want to put a bow on it? You have more to say? This is the rapid reaction. This is what we do. It's raw right now. I just watched the game. I'm still feeling it a little bit. My beer's not even empty from when I cracked when the game was over. It's, so it tells still, you how soon we recorded this. Yeah, the game is still fresh in your loins. But these are the best, you know, the fresh takes. So, um, look, I mean, just to reiterate everything. I mean, we know nothing about this team right now. You know, better teams than UIC, if they're up seven with around 11 to go, are going to put this team away. Um, yep. I'm sure we're going to see that as the season goes on. That's why you put them on a schedule, though. That, exactly. That's why you do it. Exactly. Um, I didn't. I didn't know if I, I. I was kind of really liking UIC's uniforms, and then I wasn't. Yeah, they were. Well, the flame thing was like off center. Yeah, it was. Um, it was kind of like a, the the basketball tournament uniform almost. Like it was these garish colors, yeah. and like you, yeah, you couldn't really see the logo. So I was I was going back and forth with that all night. Um, other observations, um, and you know, I think we can all be adults here. Um, the cheerleaders look great tonight. Um, they, they really did just across the board. Um, I'll leave that there yeah, just as an observation. I, I noticed that as well. Whoever was in the bottom left on that one shot, <laughs> Lord, man, what, that's a, that's a top 40 recruit right there. I was going to say the recruiting class for the cheerleading squad has definitely elevated since we were, um, we were on campus um, and they were great cheerleaders back in that day. I'm just saying the program is, is recruiting more talent and that's great to see um, other observations tonight. Black Brown, to be honest with you, I wasn't feeling AG's whole like gray stubble dad look. I wasn't feeling that. What's no, that about? I was kind of off put, put by that as well. 
But that just may maybe a man just growing into his true self. You know, he might have been he might have been just fermenting it for the past couple of years. We don't know. You know, he's an older gentleman. We forget he's like fifty what late fifties. 56? Yeah, he's I don't mid-50s. Know. So yeah, it's, he's mid-50s. It would, it would be natural for him to have white hair. But, um, yeah, I want to see, like, the, the big white beard by the end of the season. If, you, if that's the look you're going for, then go all the way. Oh, so you're saying you want to see, like, a Lovey Smith type of yes, thing. Yes, exactly. that's exactly what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. Joe Buck tried that whole stubble look a while back, and then he realized that he looked like a doofus, and then he kind of – it went by the wayside. Um, I don't know, AG. I, he doesn't listen to the cast, but I just, it ain't for me, man. It's just Joe, not for me. Joe Buck almost died from getting hair plugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people forget fr- that. That's frightening because that's a guy that's got a lot of money. Like, how dangerous are hair plugs nowadays? My God. I don't know. I know. So these, are, these, these are the takes that you come for in the rapid reaction. You can't get these on flyer feedback. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's wrap things up. Again, Dayton a winner against UIC. 64-54, next game coming up uh, will be on Saturday night. And for some reason, Blackburn, um, Dayton's playing a little bit earlier. They're playing at 6 o'clock Eastern on Saturday night against UMass Lowell. And uh, I want to say this, rest assured, listener, UMass Lowell is going to be a worse team than UIC. So it's going to be a classic, uh, bring them in, feed them well, kick their ass and, and send them home politely type of game. Uh, but I think what we found out today was that uh, Dayton's going to need a couple of those games. So let's put a bow on it and uh, give me some final thoughts for tonight. Well, speaking of Lowell, Massachusetts, if any of their fans are in attendance, you do not want to fight those people. Repeat, do not want to fight <laughs> a white person from Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, is, it, uh, is it like a fishing town that's up north of Boston, is it not? It's. Yeah. It, I don't think it has any employment opportunities whatsoever, which which kind of <laughs> – Kind of, uh, kind of, you, you get what, what grows out of that is you get a very uh, quick to judgment, quick to anger populace. Um, yeah, I, I, will I just say, looked it up, and they're they're nowhere near the ocean. So just, yeah, that's no, for what it's worth. That's yeah, a real yeah. that's a real shit kicker town. That's like <laughs> imagine imagine a town in Massachusetts that was full of like Eastern European like immigrants. Like oh okay yeah like you just Arm don't sleeve tattoo kind of guys yeah you you just don't mess with those guys like the thirty five year old guy who's got like the eighteen year old wife and you know somehow has yeah. three children those are the guys we're sure. talking about but okay I will say this I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the season because there's really no expectations whatsoever that this is a tournament team obviously I, I think you'd, yeah, be kind of, you'd be foolhardy to think that at at this point I, you know clearly. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what this team shapes up into, what it rounds into. Um, but the one concern is that AG has got to figure it out because it, it could be a wasted year. So you want to at least see Holmes develop Elvis develop, uh, Amzel find his way. Kamara, I'm telling you, uh, we, we talked about this in the off season, you know, what you're going to get from that kid. And it's just, it looks like yeah. what, it, what it was tonight, 15 and 10, nothing he do, nothing he does will jump off the screen at you, but he's going to be a very, very solid player the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the best part about night one is that you, you get to make some observations, but none of them have to be sweeping indictments of the team. Tonight was no different. Again, Dayton 10 point winner. They got punched in the mouth early. Uh, they were making some mistakes. It bled into the defensive end. They went to the locker room, cleaned up some of the mistakes, uh, and then came out, got behind the crowd in the second half. And, um, you know, frankly, gave us a Dayton game that we're all kind of familiar with. You know, just an ugly game to start, and then you got behind the crowd, and, and UD Arena kind of wills you to a win a little bit. Um, so, hey, let's do it again on Saturday. If you're at the game, 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself because it's been a, a damn long time since you've enjoyed a game at UD Arena. But it was good to have basketball back. It's good to have the rapid reaction back. Unfortunately, again, the first one of the year, our audio quality sucks. The, the next one on Saturday or Sunday morning when we release it will be a little bit better. And uh, Talking Out Loud will be coming to you uh, with the regularly scheduled Thursday show this week as well. Uh, to kind of wrap things up and uh, move on to the game Saturday. So for Blackburn, I'm Sully. This is the Rapid Reaction Podcast of Talking Out Loud, and we will catch you later on this week as long as you wear red and be loud.